You're listening to All Told from The Washington Post. Every week we bring you inside a different American's life as people across the United States struggle with the coronavirus pandemic and its fallout. In this episode, we peer inside the life of Mary Eaton, a minister for the homeless at Common Cathedral, an outdoor congregation on the Boston Common. There, Mary supported members of her community, the homeless community. They needed to both gather and distance themselves in order to survive. Mary shared recordings and audio diaries with the Post from April 3rd to the 10th. Over this time, the number of reported coronavirus deaths in Massachusetts more than doubled, and her community began to show signs of COVID-19. Also occurring over this time, the Christian Holy Week that begins on Palm Sunday and includes Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. Here's Mary, in her own words. Holy Week is emotionally exhausting already, even before you add in the coronavirus and and trying to figure out how to get um, people access to services and how to get food, how to get basic needs met. Aside from all of that, it is emotionally exhausting on Holy Week because it's got these really precious moments in it, but it's got, you, you are confronted with... Um, how cruel the world can be. Um, okay, so I'm getting ready to go. I have a, a bright pink coat or a bright pink vest or something, bright pink hat, something bright pink. Anyways, that's my, that's my uniform on the street so that people can find me. And you want to be able to find your, your minister or you want to be able to avoid your minister. When I'm going out to work, I'm going into other people's territory. And uh, if they don't want to be seen, uh, I, we can figure out. I, I will not see them if they're not wanting to be seen. It's easier with the coat, though. It's Sunday morning. I am walking from my office at Emanuel Church on Newberry Street. I'm walking across the Boston Public Garden to Boston Common. The bells are for Arlington Street Church, one of the oldest churches in Boston. Uh, I think they're doing a virtual service today, but they're still ringing the bells. They're still ringing the bells. So much of this outdoor church and what we do is we are ministry of presence, of just being with people, just being together. And in my community, where my congregation is all chronically homeless, being seen and being unseen is complicated, right? Because um, all the time people are seeing you, you're living a public life and people are seeing you and they're saying, oh no, you can't sit there. Oh no, you can't use the bathroom. Like constantly people are trying to, are seeing you in ways that keep you down. But on the other hand, constantly people are trying to not see you. And I witness it. Um, someone who's stemming and asking for change on a street corner. Like, like not only do people walk by, but it's almost like people sometimes go out of their way to make that person invisible. So, um... So what I do is I show up to see people. 
but trying to do that all with a mask and from six feet away is uh it sucks it really sucks and i get it and it really sucks right now it sucks hello beloved and welcome to common cathedral we're gonna start in a little bit so um, this is when i test the microphone i'm talking through two masks does this sound okay yeah. okay okay so settle in welcome uh, we will start in uh, in just a minute. So the visiting congregation, what? I'm try I'm 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 trying to do my recording that you don't want to be a part of. I'm recording right now. I was what okay. I was what I'll, what I'll, I was I'll told to do is I was told to take one minute and step away and describe what you say. So what do you see? So, so I see a gathering of about 30 people who are keeping pretty great distance. All right, I'll, what I'm going to add to that is uh, one of the things I, I had, you know, I kind of spoke up in there was that masks are now a criteria. Um, if you're not eating and you're not drinking something, please put your masks on. And I'm hoping that that someone that has, who has been homeless and who's lived on the streets, who's lived in doorways, that when I say it, that, that it has an impact, maybe a little more than someone who has who is not homeless saying it. Ken, that's beautiful. I, that's what I see is true. Our our thought process. Because I've been listening to everybody out here who, who's unhoused. And it's sad to say, but... Are you sure you want to say it right now? Yes, I will say it. It's sad to say, but... They have so little to look forward to that this, this virus doesn't bother them. I get it, I get it, and if I die, I die. Um, que sera, sera. It's Tuesday morning. I got early morning. An early, I got an early morning text said, Mary, I posted something on Facebook just now. You ought to read the article. It's important. And the article is from uh, WBUR. Uh, and then here's the quote. It says, about 200 people who are homeless in the city have tested positive for the coronavirus. That's out of 600 to 700 people tested. Uh, it is here, um, and the city, the city does not have the facilities. They are not set up. There are not places for people to isolate. There are not places for people to be sick. Welcome to Manna. Welcome to Common Cathedral. 
Welcome to Holy Week. In the midst of blizzards, we have come together. In the midst of heat waves, when it has been 100 degrees, we have come together. In the midst of a global pandemic, Tuesday night is when we order from the Indian restaurant around the corner. It's the only um, restaurant place that we're going to be going to. It's our little local spot. So this is our this is our treat. The other nights we were eating the pandemic meals, I've been calling it. Whatever we can combine in the pantry, but not Tuesday. Tuesday is Indian food and Jeopardy. I just walked out in the middle of dinner, in the middle of Josh kicking my butt in Jeopardy because I got a text message from the, from a community member who just got word about um, <clears throat> three people that have passed away that he knows and uh, and this person is, um, and this person is in a great grief. So I am coming downstairs, just totally having walked away from the dining room table. But what I'm going to do is I've settled in. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to breathe three times. I'm going to hold my hands. I'm not going to squeeze them. I'm just going to hold them. And I'm going to say, my hands are not big enough. I cannot hold it all. God's hands are big enough. I trust that God will hold me, hold my beloved and hold us all. So Josh and I met in college and we have been married for 21 years? 23 and a half. <laughs> We've been married 23 and a half years. Um, Josh is a librarian and he's also a musician. His high profile gig is that he plays organ at Fenway Park for all of the Red Sox home games. And Josh, how long have you been doing it? 17 years. And, and you play with other people, with other bands? Yeah, I play with other bands when there's not a pandemic. Um, hello, lovey. Hello. It is Wednesday, April 8th. Uh, I just finished with uh, the Common Cathedral drop-in. And uh, Josh, Josh just drove to pick me up. It's two o'clock. And uh, I'm going to go in, I'm going to drop 
everything that I'm bringing in from the outside onto a particular corner of the carpet so that I'll clean it off later. And then I'm going to quick go to the bathroom and take off all my clothes, take a shower, and then and uh, we'll put all of the clothes into the washing machine. We won't start the washing machine. Can't start the washing machine because the noise of the washing machine will distract from the Facebook Live broadcast. Mm. Here we go. When it started, and it was it was baseballs. Uh, it was opening the scheduled opening day of baseball. Yeah. Our friend suggested going on Facebook Live because it felt like like the stretch, the seventh inning of a work day. Right. That was the idea is that it was the time during the day, mid to late afternoon, when you just needed a quick respite. And I, so at the end of it, it felt so good that we realized we want to do this every day. We want to have this anchor every day. Yeah. And when you told me how great it was for you to have a half hour where you didn't think about all your work-related stresses, I knew that there was great value in that because you have significant work-related stresses and in many ways they've gotten more significant. Um, to have this once-a-day anchor, yeah, makes it a lot easier to do the rest of the work. Otherwise, my, my spaghetti brain and my anxiety and my and fears overwhelm me. April 9th. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. And I woke up really happy because it's Monday, Thursday. This is one of my favorite days of the Common Cathedral year. Um, it, it's uh, So on Monday, Thursday, we do an outside service uh, where, we wash, <laughs> where we wash feet. And uh, I love washing people's feet because there is such shame on the street that um, that people who are homeless are too dirty to touch. And so on Monday, Thursday is when we are really intentional and public in the community to say like, no, you are not too dirty. So, um, so I am really happy, but here's the thing. So today we can't do the foot washing. So we're going to wash each other's hands and we have all kinds of like systems to make sure that it's done safely and how we're going to do it and blah, 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 blah. But, um, but we are going to do it. We are going to wash each other's hands and pray on, um, pray on each other. And I am just crazy, 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 super excited. We are getting ready for our outdoor worship. There's people gathered around the fountain or gathered on Boston Common and they're gonna start to come closer. We had a bucket of warm soapy water and a basin to catch it. And people held out their hands across the table. So like four feet apart and everybody's wearing masks. Um, and I've got my pink mask on and people stretched out their hand over the basin and I poured 
warm, soapy water on their hands while saying that these are God's hands on earth. That no matter what they have been through, how many cuts and calluses they have, God is good, and so you are good. And I got to say that over and over and over again. And then my colleague on that Monday, Thursday, because we're doing ritual, poured clean water over them, over those outstretched hands, and then took a, a soft white towel and, and dried, dried the beloved's hands off. Martin is sick. I just talked to the hospital. I am the healthcare proxy for um, a member of our community who is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And his nurse just called to tell me that he was tested for COVID-19 because he was showing symptoms and that he tested positive. Martin is at the hospital already because he has a very compromised immune system. He is one of the funniest people I have ever met. Martin is one of the people in this community that has my heart. It's my job. And it's my privilege to love with abandon, to love as much as I can. I get to do this work and nobody tells me who's unlovable. In fact, I declare, I call everybody beloved. My challenge in the relationships is, are not the people who push my buttons and I don't like and I can't stand. And there are certainly some of the people like that. There are members of my community that I see them walk in the door and I go, ugh, okay, do your job, Mary. My challenge are the people in my community that I love too much. And that I don't want to be their pastor. I want to be their friend. I want to go and get a beer together. I want to talk about the movies all day. And they, that person deserves a pastor. They deserve to have a minister. And I can't be a friend and a minister. And if all they have for pastoral care is me, then I have to hold the boundary. I have to hold the, the structure of the relationship, right? I am Reverend Mary. And there are a few people who have my heart. And I really, really love Martin. And I got ordained and I became a minister because Martin thought I could do it. Because Martin let me love him. And because I would mess up, I made so many mistakes. And Martin would would tease me. 
And he would blow it off. And he'd be like, yeah, you'll do better next time. Let's keep going. The world is better. I am better. I am a better human being because Martin is alive. Good Friday, there's very little tangible that happens. Good Friday is about walking into death, walking to grief and walking into our fear. And Good Friday is when we remember the way that Jesus was abandoned by everybody 2,000 years ago. And he was hung in public and left to die outside That is not lost on my congregation. And that is my fear. That is my fear. I'm not at Easter yet. In fact, Easter is going to come and we're going to have an Easter celebration. But but that's going to be going through the motions. Because I am going to be living, we are going to be living in Good Friday on the streets for weeks to come. I see my community getting sicker. I'm doing my best to stay connected with the people I'm still in contact with. And yet people are disappearing. And they're not disappearing because they're dying yet. And... And I don't know how many people are going to die. But they're disappearing because they're starting to get ill. And they may be hiding from me because they don't want to go into the hospital. Or they're being put into, um, um, into one of the overcrowded shelters. And that's where we're at.
thanks to Mary for letting us into her life and sharing a week's worth of recordings that were condensed and produced by me, Bishop Sand. The episode was edited by Lillian Cunningham and Ariel Plotnick. Want to tell us about your life during this crisis? Go to WashingtonPost.com slash podcasts for information on how to get in touch.